Cast and Blast Conversation, Season 3, Episode 7. Today we are joined by Mr. John Kulklisher and Mr. Mark Lance, both of Congressional Sportsman's Foundation. I really enjoyed getting to talk with these guys. I've worked with them on some advocacy stuff back over the past six months or year or so, and they have been great allies for us down here in Florida, and they always take the time to listen to our issues, weigh in on our issues, research them really carefully. I think you're really going to enjoy learning more about Congressional Sportsman's Foundation and hearing from John and Mark coming at you right now. John Kulklisher and Mark Lance, how are you guys? I'm good. I'm good. Appreciate you having us on today. I got Mark Lance there. How are you, Mark? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Both of you guys from Congressional Sportsman's Foundation. Um, before we get into talking about this organization and kind of a lot of what you guys work on and what you do and what drives you, we got to, uh, we got to introduce you. So John, we'll start with you. Uh, who, who is John Kulklisher? Am I saying that right? Kulklisher? Kulklisher. Kulklisher. Um, more, more complicated than, than it looks. Yeah. I'm just a average hunter fisherman, uh, got roped in or got lucky enough to secure a job with CSF and work on issues I care about and, I've got two bird dogs, and uh, I'm married and live from North Carolina, live in Virginia currently, and uh, yeah, I love to get outside on, uh, as much as I can and see some live music and do some grilling out and just probably doing what a lot of your uh, listeners do as well. What, what what kind of bird dogs you got? I have an English setter. She's eight, uh, Susie, and I've got a almost a year old English cocker now, Sally. Okay, so you got a pointer and a, and a flusher. Yes. Yeah. It worked out great this fall on some woodcock and one quail hunt, actually. Worked like it's supposed to. I'm not hunting, you know, fancy plantations, but, you know, it, uh, same concept and worked well. Yeah. Uh, woodcock, woodcock is one of those weird ones. We, I think I've killed three in my life, and I know of maybe three more that they killed. We just don't see them very often. We kill a lot of snipe, but we don't see many woodcocks. That's a, that's a, yeah. a neat one for us. And then uh, Mark, Lance, Mark Lance is with us coming from Mississippi. Mark, who is Mark Lance? Well, just as you stated, I'm just a, a good old boy from, from North Mississippi. Uh, I'm an avid turkey hunter. So the pretty weather outside has got me kind of kind of antsy, but I'm happy to be here and happy to talk to you. Uh, when I'm not hunting, I'm normally at a baseball game or a football game. Uh, big sports fan, graduated from Mississippi State, so I'm a bulldog. Which funny story behind that is I actually grew up an Ole Miss Rebel, and told my dad, told my family I would never ever step foot as a student on Mississippi State's campus. And my dad said, "Well, never say never." And turns out, like most times, he was right. But one of the best decisions I ever made, and uh, their career center was actually uh, who sent me an email about CSF. They were looking for an intern and that's what got me started down this road. Very cool. So being, you, you mentioned you were a sports fan, but then you also mentioned that you went to Mississippi state. So do you just not worry about football? Like, does that not apply to the sports conversation or how does that work? <laughs> I'm down here in Gator country. So we got to take a dig there, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm still, I'm still a little, a uh, little salty that y'all took our coach, but uh, <laughs> he's, he's doing well down there, but uh Love Davis Wade. Love the cowbells. So. It's it's a it's a great it's a great school. Uh, we I have a lot of friends that have gone through Mississippi State. And they they have a lot of great programs, um, both in agriculture, natural resource management. So we we see a lot of them in the conservation space uh, as we kind of move around the southeast. So 
the the fun questions i kind of teed them up for you guys earlier i'm gonna start with you mark since i already got you talking um first one is is always the same how do you feel about pineapple on a pizza hate it don't don't like it <laughs> i mean i'm just gonna be straight up with you I, I i don't like it i don't know why people do it i mean to each their own but that's just not my not my cup of tea john what about you pineapple on a pizza I'll go with it with some ham. It's not a, it's not a bad combo. <laughs> okay, so we're going to be moving forward with Mark Mark Lance from Congressional Sportsman's Foundation. John's going to have to. Go. <laughs> um, Mark, what about your favorite? And this could be either way. I don't know if you fish or not. I know you said you're a big turkey hunter. It's turkey season right now. What's in your snack bag when you're going out setting up, looking for chasing per- turkeys? Never go turkey hunting without pop tarts in my turkey vest. <laughs> That's 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 a given. Uh, if I forget them for some reason, it's especially if the birds aren't gobbling. It's it's just a bad just a bad day. Uh, we're going strawberry frosted, right? I mean, that's that's the correct pop tart. Or what, what's your choice there? Uh, I'm going I'm going brown sugar and cinnamon. Okay, that's that's also a solid choice. I forgot about that one. <laughs> Been a minute since I had a pop tart. Uh, John, what about you? What's your snack? I usually like to get a pack of nabs. Some pork rinds and a can of Vienna sausages. That's kind of my outdoor snack combo there. A, a pack of what? Uh, nabs. Um, I don't know what that is. Orange crackers, Lance. Per- that's what you call them in the Carolinas. The, the, the peanut butter okay. orange crackers that uh, Lance makes. I got you. I'm with you. You call them nabs, huh? I hadn't heard that one. Unfortunately, that, that Lance is a different Lance, so I'm I don't get that inheritance. <laughs> You're not rolling in that in that Lance money. The Can they say that in Mississippi, Mark? <laughs> Do they say nabs? Yeah, I've always referred to them as nabs in Mississippi. Okay, yeah. So. I'm gonna have to ask around and get some clarification on this. Maybe I've been missing out all these years. The last the last question is, uh, and I'll start with I'll start with you, Mark. Is uh, favorite little Debbie snack? Like, if you had to choose a little Debbie, where are you going? It's a tough one. I, I like them all. Do they make cosmic brownies? Is oh, that yeah. who makes that's who makes cosmic? Yeah, that's 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 my deer stand snack. <laughs> there, there you go. There you go. And John, what about you? You have a favorite little Debbie? Is uh oatmeal cream pie? Is that yeah. in the category? Oh yeah, that's fair game. Yeah. And yeah. that's like the OG. I can need a whole sleeve of those. That's like the OG. Yeah, they're so good. Um before we get into into talking about um kind of your professional stuff and, and what you guys work on. Mark, I wanted to follow up on you. Have you have you bagged a turkey yet? Are you guys open at the time we're recording this, or have you not opened yet? Or where, where are you at on the turkey situation? Yeah, so in Mississippi, we're one of the one of the first states to open up in the southeast. We opened up actually on the fifteenth of March. Okay. And since then, uh, I have I have killed one and I've missed another. Okay. Uh, but it's it's been a great start. Unfortunately, um, on the one that I missed, I had two witnesses to that. Oh no. So, yeah. But I, I redeemed myself there and can't complain. <laughs> John, do you turkey hunt at all? Are you a turkey hunter or are you just more of an up? I do. I do okay. turkey hunt. Uh, North Carolina and Virginia both open this Saturday. So, okay. Probably going to hunt uh, this, hunt in Virginia this opening day. Yeah. We're recording this early April. So, it's, yeah, you guys are a little bit behind everybody else. We've been, we've been open about the same time Mississippi has. I think we, I think we opened the 13th of March in the South Zone. So, it's been, it's been, the season's already been going for a while. So, um, John, I'm going to start with you here. Um, tell me a little bit about kind of 
professionally how you got to CSF, like how you got to where you are. Sure. Yeah. I've got a, a forestry degree and a law degree and I uh, worked at a land trust doing drafting conservation easements and working with you know, the state agency to uh, add lands to their uh, game land system in North Carolina, as well as the forest service. So kind of doing the uh, tr- actual land conservation side of things. And then just uh, after some issues in, in the home state of North Carolina uh, was Sunday hunting and forest management on national forests. So I got involved in those issues as a volunteer sportsman. And then that kind of led me down the policy path and uh, having some interaction with CSF and then a job opened up and I applied and that's how I got here. <laughs> Since you brought it up, but before I pivot over to Mark, um, Sunday hunting, explain that. Those blue laws are what we call those, right? That- yeah, that's right. Yeah. So um, about it's- 10 yeah. states have them on the books still left, just a prohibition on hunting on Sunday, uh, various forms, whether it's private or public land. And uh, But basically South Carolina up to Maine with a few different states pulled out have various restrictions. Uh, there's no no basis of wildlife management, just an old blue law, and they're hard to change for religious opposition. Some people are opposed to them just because that's the way it's been. Um, then you also, on the public land, Sunday hunting uh, issue, you have people that are non-hunters that push back, you know, horseback riders, um, uh, other user groups, because they're concerned about, uh, you know, safety concerns, but not that hunting is any more dangerous on Sunday than it is six, seven days of the week. But yeah, that's a big issue that we work on a lot. Right. No, it's, it's one that I've heard a lot about, but in Florida, for whatever reason, we kind of miss that, that because yeah, it's a deep South kind of thing. And there's still pockets of deep South in Florida, but for whatever reason, we just kind of never got the, the blue laws applied here. So still, still not outdoor related, but you still see some counties that'll have like the no Sunday alcohol policies, but it's, it's in the same vein as that, right? It was a little exactly. Yeah. Uh, Mark, tell us about you kind of professionally. You said you went to Mississippi state and then graduate, go ahead and kind of give us your, your background a little bit there. Yeah. So I kind of touched on it earlier, but uh, I attended Mississippi state university uh, in their college of forest resources as a uh, wildlife fisheries and aquaculture mm-hmm. major. And while I was there, uh, we have a great career center down there, and they, they keep the students up to date on job postings that would interest them. And I received an email one day about uh, the Congressional Sportsman's Foundation was looking for a Brad Rails policy intern, and I had never heard about CSF and dug around a little bit and applied and was lucky enough to get it. And I spent the summer of 2019 in Washington, D.C., uh, working for them as a policy intern and uh, lucky enough to, to stay in touch and to field a, uh, a full-time job. So. Okay. While we're, while we're with you, Mark, go ahead and tell us like what you do for CSF. And then I'll come back to you, John, cause I don't think we, I don't know if we touched on that, but go ahead, Mark, you, you tell us first. So I am CSF Southeastern States coordinator. Uh, I work in six different States being Louisiana, Mississippi, Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia, and Florida. And I work with each state's individual uh, legislative sportsman's caucus, which is made up of an X number of legislators and uh, focus on promoting and advancing pro sportsmen, uh, hunting, fishing, recreational shooting legislation, and trying to kill bills that, uh, that limit that. And John, what, what is your role with CSF? Yeah, Southeastern States Assistant Director. So uh, the same essential responsibility as, as Mark, uh, work in his states as well as six other states. And uh, like Mark explained very well, we work on um, issues and regulations uh, that impact the ability to hunt, fish, trap, or shoot, as well as a lot of uh, conservation and uh, 
natural resource management related issues. And you know, we did that by working with the state legislative sportsman's caucus caucuses, uh, but also its critical partners are state fish and wildlife agencies and a lot of uh, NGO, uh, you know, hunting and fishing organizations, um, and, and and as well as coordinating with governors' offices. And there's also some overlap with federal issues uh, in our states. So I'll I'll keep it here with you for a second, uh, John. What is Congressional Sportsman's Foundation? Because this is an organization that admittedly you and I have had this conversation before kind of off air. It was something that was new to me. Mark, I think you said when, when you found it, you, you, you had not heard of it when you when you found the, the job that you the internship you applied for. So, John, can you kind of take us through that? And then, Mark, if you want to augment anything he says, feel free. Yeah, so a lot of people may not know about CSF because we're not a traditional membership organization. So you're not going to send in your 35 bucks and get a sticker and a T-shirt uh, type of thing. We, uh, there are higher levels of um, actually sport and society membership if you want to contribute at a you know, more significant level. But we, we're not a traditional membership organization, but we work um, you know, at the federal level and then all 50 states uh, on any issue that impacts hunting, fishing, trapping, and recreational shooting. And CSF was founded in 1989 to support the Congressional Sportsmen's Caucus, which is a group, was a group of existing group of bipartisan legislators on Capitol Hill that, you know, just like any caucus kind of work band together to work on issues of interest to them. So CSF Foundation was found was founded to support the Congressional Sportsman's Caucus. Fast forward that um, about r- roughly 20 years or so, uh, CSF expanded the, their work beyond federal issues and they created what was called what's called the National Assembly of Sportsman's Caucuses. So under the NASC is the abbreviation under the NASC umbrella. You have the individual state sportsman's caucuses like the Florida Legislative Sportsman's Caucus. So um, Mark and I spend most of our work is on is on state issues. And, um, yeah, we do that. They're working mostly through the sportsman's caucuses. I would say you know, kind of like a layman's term, CSF, we haven't been like in your face and stuff like many other uh, organizations across the country. We work mostly I guess you would say behind the scenes. No, I mean, I'd say a lot of work that we may accomplish or a bill may be defeated. It may not be a, a something that gets written about and putting out there for your average Joe Hunter, but, you know, we're tracking thousands of bills across the country. You know, I think I saw the number of bills that we were tracking in our region this year. And then we, um, bills and regulations that track it. So that means, all right, we're looking at every single bill, we're analyzing it, whether it's pro or anti-sportsmen. Then we're working with partners in each state, depending on which state it is, to you know have that bill to be defeated or try to support it. And then also, obviously, try to tee up legislation that we that we want to you know advance or see become law. And so a lot of that you know may policy is not the sexiest thing for you know every hunter. So they we, we write about a, a dog tethering bill in Florida. You know that that the the connection is there about how, how important it is to keep dogs and be able to hunt, but that may not just it may not fire a bunch of people on social media and get them to follow you. So a lot of things that we're doing uh, do really have a real impact on the ability for people to hunt or fish. Um, and uh, you know, that's kind of what we're our day to day is, is, is tracking those bills and regulations to uh, make sure they're not going to negatively impact the sportsman's community. Yeah, you know it's funny. We've been talking hunting, 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 but you guys do fisheries very much as well, right? Like I've seen, I've seen yep. weigh in a number of times on on fishery stuff, even specifically in Florida. So I want to talk about 
I wrote a couple of these down, but um, some examples of some things that you've worked on in Florida, but then I also want to talk about some stuff that you guys see kind of on the, the broader scale that's kind of bubbling around there that, that you guys are, are looking to tackle or, or chase down. Um, and the first thing I wrote down was something near and dear to our audience was the restricted hunting areas, the RHAs. Um, John, you guys were both very involved in that. Yeah, well, you got you flagged it for us, so appreciate you know, you really come put it on our radar and get us involved more. Like I said, talking about working with in-state partners is always key to, you know, have those relationships with people who know the inside of baseball. Yeah, but that was a very concerning regulation for us, and we understood what the agency was trying to do. I don't think they're – they weren't trying to do anything, uh, you know, malicious. But as you well know, you have to uh, look at the long-term consequences, and, you know, Florida is a developing state, and – you know, there's, they're kind of, the agency is caught between a rock and hard place trying to find something that's going to balance all interest. And, you know, we, you know, generally we want to be supportive of agencies. Uh, you know, they're the agencies looking out for their constituents, you know, hundreds of anglers. So um, yeah, it's, it's a tough issue as you well know. And I guess it's been kicked down the road to August currently for them to yeah, re- yeah. revisit the language. Yep. That it's, it's going to be on our August commission meeting. So we'll be, we'll be ramping up some conversations around that sometime over the summer. The other one that I wrote down and and I'm not limiting these to you, but the other one that was kind of in recent memory was uh, the big Cypress plan, the access plan that you you guys weighed in on. I think that was around the same time, maybe January, February, when uh, the park service was looking at access for, uh, for different levels of access. And I I can't remember the plan number. I don't have it in front of me. I think it was, I think it was option five you guys supported, which was the same one. Most of the sportsmen in the state supported, which was uh, increasing level of access for ORB essentially. Yeah. Mark wrote that comment letter support and alternative five. I think it, I think it was the most uh, increased access for trails that people historically use for hunting and fishing. Um, And that's probably a pretty good example of, the kind of thing that we're going to be paying attention and tracking, just uh, maintaining or increasing access, because you know what a big issue that is. Yeah, and that's that's an area down there. I don't know if either of you have spent any time in Big Cypress, but it, it's an area that you, you just can't get around without some. I mean, it's not an area you're going to hike into or anything else. It is a it is a bad, bad, bad wilderness, in a good way. Um, so it, it's that's a uh, we we. I know the sportsman in Florida very much appreciate your your support and you guys being on our side on that. And, and I don't mean that like it was controversial or anything else. It was just, it's nice to have um, organizations outside the state or from a bigger perspective, weighing in on these types of things and, and, and giving their support. That, that's something I kind of wanted you to speak to a little bit is how you work to influence this stuff. Like you were talking about doing it behind the scenes, but can you elaborate a little bit on that? I mean, you're talking, you're meeting with legislative aides and offices and like, am, am I reading that right? Or are you, you, you trying to get in? Right. So, I mean, we're a 501c3, so we, you know, we're not a C6, so our ability to lobby is much more restricted. And so, for you know, to be at the, you know, we track what all, all of our directorate efforts to stay under a certain cap to be compliant, so we don't jeopardize our nonprofit status. Um, but there is a, an area where you know you can weigh in on, on legislation and regulations and uh, under the federal cap, but also under you have to track each individual state's lobbying laws to be compliant there as well. So. But yeah, a lot of that made, made me uh, speaking with a legislator contact uh, through our Sportsman's Caucus that we develop a relationship with. And it, it may not be uh, a full letter with the logo on it that we write and submit. It may just be a, a you know a direct conversation or 
uh, just communicated our position on a bill and let them know that you know we have concerns or we're supportive or let he or she know our position on the bill. So, so how does that work? And I, I know a lot of our listeners are probably familiar with Lane Stevens. I, I believe Lane was one of the founders of the Florida Sportsman's Caucus. Yep. Several years, many years back now. Um, but so, so essentially members of the state legislative bodies can join that and it, they can join it for free. Is that right? Like, is that how that works? Yeah. Well, Lane's actually, I mean, he's the, uh, you know, a lobbyist in the state. And so he, but he's also just a, a partner to the Congressional Sportsman's Foundation and helped and continues to help just facilitate and manage the, the Florida Legislative Sportsman's Caucus. So he's not, the members of the caucus are right. legislators, um, Democrats and Republicans. Um, you know, most people do tend to join if they're a hunter or an angler. Um, although we always try to just encourage people to join and understand that they probably likely have a lot of constituents that hunter fish and it's the important economic impacts and conservation funding that comes through all that. And then, and then, uh, did I see also that there's a gubernatorial one? Yes, there's a governor sportsman's caucus as well. It's the same concept. Okay. And I, I guess that's just all the governors that either hunt or yes, they want to join to be representative of their constituents. Right. Yeah. There's 29 currently. And the point is just to facilitate interaction, um, with, on hunting and fishing issues, whether it's with the state legislative sportsman's caucus makes the most sense, but you know, there are a lot of federal issues that may impact their state. So having that network in place to facilitate communi communication, facilitate the exchange of ideas, um, whether it's a governor's office or somebody in Florida, they can say, Hey, we're dealing with, you know, this dog hunting issue in Florida or bear hunting issue. You know, how's Alabama and how's Georgia do it? And so that legislator, he may not know anybody in Georgia, Alabama, but you know, Mark and I, through relationships with other state legislative sportsman's caucuses, uh, we can, you know, connect the dots, uh, connect the dots and provide information, education, uh, educational materials for them. Mark, I'm going to flip back to you. What are some, we, we've talked a little bit about some Florida stuff that you guys have worked on and weighed in on. You've got your pulse on six or five other states. What are some of the other things you see going around there that are kind of like hot, hot button topics that you guys see that have come, come across your plate in the last I don't know, the, the recent past, so to speak, or, or maybe that are even bubbling now coming down the road. So one of the biggest topics that we've touched on here in my short tenure at CSF was House Bill 1231 in Mississippi, which would have created the Mississippi Outdoor Stewardship Trust Fund. And what that would have done would take a certain percentage of a pre-existing sales tax on outdoor sporting goods to, and dedicate that to this fund to provide funding opportunities for both private and public land uh, conservation projects. And that bill had a tremendous amount of support throughout the House and hit a roadblock in the Senate. Uh, the Senate made a handful of changes and ultimately the bill died in conference. We also in Louisiana, uh, there's a big issue popping up there with the licensing restructure fee uh, change. They want to increase uh, hunting and fishing license uh, prices down there to provide more funding for the state agency who is hurting for funding at the moment and have been for the for the past handful of years. John, what about you? What what have you seen kind of kind of like bubbling or 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 uh, simmering or recent recent past or coming down the pipe? Yeah, one thing in uh, Georgia that Mark's been working on is uh, a potential new national park and preserve, and uh, actually the. There's a resolution that's been filed in Georgia basically expressing concerns with it. 
uh, concern about loss of access and control over uh, state's control over their fish and wildlife resources. A last year, at the end of last year, slipped in and uh, a the new river in West Virginia was a national river. It was converted to a national park and preserve. Uh, and, pres and preserve, you can still maintain the ability to hunt, but in general, um, in general, the National Park Service is not really geared toward managing for hunters. And uh, there was a loss of, uh, of, of hundred acreage, people that have been hunting for that, you know, for hundreds of years. And so uh, Georgia uh, saw, saw what happened in West Virginia and they're, they're really on top of it. Uh, a lot of in-state folks are pushing back on it, expressing their concerns because that area also already contains a, a number of uh, state wildlife management areas. Yeah, and that, and that issue in Georgia with the, the Ogilvy uh, River Park proposal, that, that would affect three different state-owned WMAs or wildlife management areas, as well as a uh, national wildlife refuge. So, so I, I think what I hear you guys saying is Florida is not the only state that has problems and or things going on. Is that accurate? Yeah, it's never ended. <laughs> um, I mean, we, we could have full, I mean, just like there are state-specific uh, hunting or wildlife conservation organizations, you could, I mean, just like you do, you spend all the time in Florida, you could, I mean, there are plenty of issues in each individual state to, you know, you know, spend, spend all your time on. Yeah, I, I bet. And, and you guys got to keep your pulse kind of on high level on a bunch of them and then get in the weeds on a few of the bunch in, in every state. Is that accurate? Is that kind of how that works? Yeah, I got to prioritize what we think is important to promote or, or what's really threatening. Um, and also know how to leverage and, and work with partners and, um, so, you know, whether it's a, a dog bill and AKC is a good partner for those or, you know, um, or habitat issues. We have other organizations that are great on those. So just trying to trying to coordinate. Sometimes it's just sometimes it's flagging the bill for somebody that may not have seen it. Uh, we actually have a um, it's called you, you might you might be interested. It's called Tracking the Capitals. It's on our website. It's a legislative tracking service free for the public. Uh, anybody can can sign up for it. You can select what issues and what state you want to follow, and you'll get a daily email if um, you know if you're interested in you know, X, Y, Z topic, you click those buttons. And then when a bill in that state is filed or moves, you're going to get an email letting you know about it. Yeah. That's so, so it's called tracking the capitals. That's right. Okay. I'll, I'll make sure to put a link to that in the show notes because okay. I'll sign up for awesome. that. I didn't know that was a, a tool you had. That's really cool. Um, the next question I was going to ask you is kind of as stakeholder citizens, like you, you said a minute ago, you're not a member driven organization. Your members are members of the, the house Senate both federal state whatever um but how can we work with csf like how can we go about engaging with csf i, I was i would say support and encourage your legislators to join your you know respective state sportsman's caucus uh when we do have sta uh, states uh, like the florida legislative sportsman's caucus does an annual dinner with the fwc and it's not a um, open to every everybody under the sun kind of thing but you know with important partners or NGO partners in the state, they usually try to get, get them involved with the you know, sportsman's days. Alabama does a big sportsman's day at the Capitol. North Carolina does a big sportsman's day at the Capitol. So supporting those kind of events and then working with uh, Mark or I, for example, just developing relationships and letting us know about issues. And, uh, you know, we can chime in sometimes and sometimes we may not be able to, but um, yeah, that's what I would encourage, encourage you to do. And then we have, uh, we do have, you know, Facebook page, Instagram account, Twitter accounts, and sometimes we will put out action alerts for, 
you know, if there's a big bill that really needs you know, the public to weigh in, we'll put those action alerts out there and say contact your legislator and, you know, encourage them to vote no or vote yes or however that may be. Yeah, I noticed you guys always, and you always on your website have a, a question of the week or question of the month or something that you you, you let the, the poll. Yeah. yeah, the poll. That's what it's called. Um, it's always something that's it's it's interesting to anybody that's working in the conservation hunting fishing space. If you if you operate in that world, it's it's usually an interesting question to weigh in on. Um, before before we put a bow on this, I want to go back to some of the Florida stuff because I, I feel like we glanced over that too quickly. We talked about the RHAs, we talked about big cypress, but I I know there's quite a bit of other stuff you guys have weighed in on. Uh, you have any of that there that you could like chat, chat with me about or tell us about? Yeah. So last year, the FWC proposed uh, various regulations to their flounder regulations uh, to basically rebuild the fishery. And you know, we chimed in and supported those regulations, uh, which they were uh, adopted this year. Uh, we also recently uh, supported the uh, four month seasonal seasonal closure from April to July uh, for that reef habitat near the western dry rocks and the keys um so mark and i are not uh, fish biologists or experts by any means but we have a a, a colleague who's uh, really sharp uh, a former uh fish agency squeezer uh, chris orton and he's our federal or he's our fisheries director and does all the federal fishery stuff and then you know provides uh guidance for mark and i when there's a state-specific fisheries issue so he's a great great resource uh, all things fish, fresh and salt water. You also, I, th- I think you guys weighed in on CWD, there were muzzleloader restrictions. I think there were some other Florida stuff you weighed in on. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, one of the one of the ones that you just touched on was the uh, the muzzleloading definition and clarifying that. Uh, there was recently a new product that came out called uh, the Fire Stick, and the Fire Stick technology is, is actually pretty cool. And I'm really thinking about buying one after <laughs> researching this and and going through all that, but. Uh, it allows you to, it, it's still like a traditional muzzle loader. You have to load a projectile through the barrel, but uh, the powder and primer can be loaded through the breech and it can be removed from the breech. So in essence, it's, it's safer. You still have to, to load the projectile down the muzzle, but it's, it, like I said, it's still a traditional muzzle loader. And then also with the CWD changes there, the FWC uh, created new regulations uh, with the, the importation and possession of, of, of cervid uh, deer uh, carcasses and or body parts. And they did that in an effort to, to cut down the risk from CWD from people bringing in uh, deer from outside the state. And I, I don't believe CWD has been found in Florida has, yet. Has not, correct? has not. Right. And that's just, a, that's just an extra step in, in protecting from that, which we have it here in Mississippi and it's, it's not good. Right. And it, uh, from what everybody I've talked to in the deer biology world, it's not a matter of if, but when, and this is just a step, a measure to keep that win as far down the road as possible. So maybe science can catch up with it and, and come up with something, some more measures that can be taken to, to protect against it or whatever. I don't, I don't know what that answer is, but no, thank you guys for supporting those things. So yeah, last year, I don't know if your listeners, they pay attention to the Senate bill 1414 now signed into law that enhanced uh, protections, anti uh, hunter and angler and trapper harassment protections. Yeah. Uh, we worked with the support of the sportsman's caucus to work on that. And it basically extended those protections to public land. So it's a nice, nice um, additional protection there for your Florida hunters and anglers. Yeah. I forget the, 
counterpart on the house side, but I, I know uh, Representative Gregory worked on that one and number. Yes. I, can't, I can't remember who I can't remember who sponsored the Senate bill, but that was a that was a big win for Florida sports people. Um, yeah, it was the Senate uh, Senator Debbie Mayfield was Debbie Mayfield is who it was. I remember Debbie. I just can't remember her last name for some reason. It was House Bill Seven 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 was the companion. Okay, and that was Gregory, right? That's right. Right. Um, all right. So tell me, how can people, where can people find Congressional Sportsman's Foundation? Like you mentioned. Yeah. So congressionalsportsman.org website. And then from there, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I think those are the, probably the primary avenues. Uh, Mark, am I missing anything? Yeah. And I, another thing that I'd add is if you go to our website, like John said, you can sign up for uh, our newsletter, our weekly newsletter, The Sportsman's Voice. And that'll give you all the information. Uh, that we're working on throughout the entire country and on Capitol Hill. Before I before I let you guys get out of here, I know I know y'all are busy, but um, the thirty by thirty initiative that's kind of floated out there, the Biden administration. Can you, you guys have a position on that? Do you have, can you talk about that some, John? I'll I'll throw it to you. Yeah, sure. Thanks for bringing that up. It is uh, a lot of conversation about that following uh, what what Biden's done uh, on the heels of last year. Some environmental groups really. Kicked it off by investing a lot of a lot of money into the 30 by 30 initiative, which they want to conserve 30% of the globe, but really US is lands and waters by the year 2030. And so that's so from the you know sportsman's perspective, it's a it's a laudable goal. However, we just we have concerns about uh, restrictions on access and restrictions on the ability to manage manage lands you know, actively, you know, the, the benefit wildlife habitat. So um, stepping back a little bit, um, CSF kind of led the charge and developed uh, what you could, I would encourage your listeners to go to huntfish3030.com. It, there's a lot of good information from the you know, sportsman's community's um, uh, perspective on, on how these goals might, might impact people's ability to hunt and fish. And a lot of organizations have signed on to, to the statement and there's recommendations in there that uh, tailored to 30 by 30. And there's, uh, so the first bill that was really, made a lot of headway was the AB 3030 in California last year. And there's a lot of resources on our website. You can read about that. But um, if, you, if you see a 30 by 30 bill introduced in your state or uh, executive order from your governor, um, you know, just do a lot of read in and reach out to your, your hunting NGO groups and check out that resource. And a lot, we did a lot of uh, education on it during our annual summit for state legislators uh, the NAS summit we did uh, last year had a whole session dedicated to that to get the word out. Had a lot of state agency folks there as well to educate them about it because they a lot of people didn't know about it. And then earlier this, or just recently we had a, a, a briefing on Capitol Hill, virtual briefing for federal policymakers to also educate them about the 30 by 30 initiative from the sportsman's community perspective. So uh, yeah, definitely something to watch out for. And you know, uh, you know, hunters and anglers have been contributed to conservation and biodiversity. You know, for for a long time, and have been leaders of conservation. So we want we want that to be recognized, and that there are going to be lands that are uh, going to be conserved. We want doesn't you don't need to have uh, a, a, a objective benchmark number, but have conservation be directed um, through planning in, in the in the right places. That's that's well said, and I appreciate you I appreciate you uh, teeing that up too. Like that's a it is a laudable goal. Like I, I think on, on paper, all of us can get behind that, but, but the access is one of those things that the access and the opportunity, man, man 
since the dawn of time, man has been on the, those lands, right? Since any, right. any type of, of anthropomorphic uh, or anthropogenic impacts, man has been on those lands, hunting, fishing, recreating, doing, or living, so to speak. Um, so thank you for for taking kind of the lead on that and 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 drawing up some positions to try to influence the policy in a positive way, right? We we all right. get behind conserving as much land as we can, as long as it's right. true conservation. So. Um, guys, thank you so much for joining me. Um, any, any party words before I let you get out of here? Anything, anything hanging out there? No, nothing for mine. Just thanks for all you're doing to be a good, effective voice for, you know, sportsman's community in Florida and, and at large and keep people interested and recruiting more folks. Cause that's what we need to do is get, get more people interested in what we do. Yeah, man. Mark, thank you for, thank you for joining us. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And thanks for being such a good partner in Florida. Absolutely. Glad to do it. Thanks again to both John and Mark for taking time to join us on the podcast. Really appreciate them carving out some time to, to uh, spend with us and tell us kind of their story and about CSF and all that it does for sportsmen. I have included a whole bunch of links that John sent me in the show notes. So make sure you click on those. You can sign up for the tracking the capitals or their newsletter. Um, lots of good stuff out there. I signed up for it and I'm really enjoying that so far. I'm about two or three weeks in. So it's a good move. It's a good way to keep track of some issues, uh, both at a state and national level, if you want to. As always, we appreciate you listening to the show. If you have an Apple device, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps people find the show. Make sure you tell a friend about us. Check us out on Facebook, any of the social media medias, at Cast and Blast FL. And hope everyone has a great week. 